Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. So there was this really well-known woman. I mean, she was definitely a celebrity, but she will remain nameless, of course, who came into my life when I was a matchmaker. So when she came to me, she was a matchmaking client and her message was, Kim, find me a man. Okay. Now this was often the case when I was a matchmaker. And the truth of the matter is, is often when I would work with people, I could show so many beautiful and wonderful prospects to many people. But if people didn't do the work and they stopped kind of with some of the things that were going on in their life, the patterns that got created, unhealthy choices, whatever it was, the same dynamics kept happening over and over again. Now, going back to this woman, I just want to tell you a little bit about her. I mean, she was beautiful. She had all the money in the world. Obviously, she was in the entertainment world. She had the fame and fortune. And she also had a very rich social life. And on top of it, a lot of great friends. I mean, she was out and about. So her issue wasn't that, you know, she she had plenty, plenty of places to meet people. But the one big problem was she couldn't find love. I realized after getting to know her a little bit that it wasn't really the man that she needed me for. Because honestly, that was the easy part. I I showed her plenty of interesting, well-off, good-looking guys. I could find anyone with the snap of my finger, but I knew that no matter who I matched her with, she would have the same problem. No one was good enough. No one was her equal. You know, she really, there was something wrong with everybody. And so finally I had to give her a little tough love. And I told her what she really needed was my coaching (laughs) and to work on herself so that she could be her own matchmaker. Now she hired me on the spot after I told her that because no one else had the balls to stand up to her and tell her like it is right. Like I did. So The first thing I did with her, of course, was my signature wing gal sessions. And for those of you who don't know what that is, these are live sessions where I go out and about with people and I work on body language and how people come across. I do this with both men and women. And really seeing how people are in their natural environment, I almost act as a mirror, right? So that I'm reflecting back what I see. And there's nothing like it because here's the thing. I knew she could talk a good game, but I had to see her in action. She really thought she knew what the problem was. And the problem in her mind was everything outside of herself, (laughs) but she didn't take any responsibility and what it was about her. Um, So we went out and she actually took me to a very exclusive place here in Hollywood. And there's a lot of entertainment people there, a lot of high rollers hang out there. And then I also took her out of her element to a dive bar where she knew not one soul. But here's the funny thing. No matter what setting I put her in, I knew and I saw exactly what was going on. It was the same thing. She was so busy 
directing each room she walked into, running the show, and had this demeanor of being kind of like rough around the edges that it intimidated and confused men. Because, you know, when you look at her and when I saw her in person, she was this tall, elegant, beautiful, thin, blonde, and smart as hell. But the juxtaposition of this kind of elegant looking woman, and then when you actually talk to her, this kind of rough business-like kind of bossy demeanor, men actually, I saw in their eyes, were scared of her. (laughs) I mean, they did not know their place, you know, with her. And I could tell they felt emasculated, literally left with their balls feeling cut off. There was this tremendous need for her to be in control and literally produced every part of her life. That was so clear to me. Now, what I didn't tell you is that as I got her history and seeing her whole life, she was also a single mom of a little girl and she had a horrible and abusive divorce. Her past was riddled with abandonment and disappointment. So yeah, she had her boxing gloves on at all times. She was what I call the quintessential dating archetype, the chief. Now, in the end, I really helped her. I softened her around the edges. I helped her understand, you know, kind of how to be in her feminine, both in the ways that she communicated verbally and with her body language and to take off the boxing gloves, to learn how to be more vulnerable and teaching her that it wasn't because just because she was a celebrity or high profile, why she wasn't finding love, that there were these core fundamental issues that was really preventing a deeper connection with men. And for the first time in her life, she understood what it was to receive and that she actually deserved love, one that was reciprocal. And lo and behold, months later, she found a guy. So this this scenario that I just painted with my client was just one of my five dating archetypes that I find women fall into. Now, a little bit of history of these archetypes. I came up with them after coaching. I mean, I've coached thousands and thousands of women over the years, and I'm seeing them in the field, right? And there were these certain patterns that I started detecting over and over again. So after I go out with people, I usually write these summaries and of my observations, and I give them homework assignments. But here's the thing. I found myself writing similar things over and over again. And so what that told me, that there were some very common mistakes and struggles that everybody has. And it was a way to explain why so many women have difficulties finding love. And, you know, look, there's several challenges that we all face, whether you're a man or a woman, when it comes to dating. And If it is not addressed, if it's not recognized, if it's not dealt with, there will be a continuation of these unhealthy patterns. And, you know, there's a lot of other things that go into that, right? Like, it's not just the person. I mean, the variables such as age, family of origin, your ascribed role growing up, previous patterns and abuse that maybe have happened or hurt that has happened that shapes us or will you know, instill fear in us, living environment, et cetera. So everyone has challenges, right? And they, and we all have blind spots when it comes to dating. But if you know what they are and how to work through them, 
you will find love. Because when you are able to be aware and recognize patterns, you can change things to get a different result. And that is that is so empowering, knowing that you can just tweak a few things and get a different result. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm, I can just hear some of you saying to yourself, you know, Kim, I really don't like being pigeonholed or like placed as an archetype or stereotype. I am my own unique person. You can't really compare me to other people. How do you know this is really accurate? You know, I can go on and on and on. And of course you are unique. I mean, I take pride in really making sure that I treat each person I work with as a unique individual. That's why as a therapist, it's really important to understand your past, your journey, and to see how it's connecting to the future and the patterns that get created so that you can push past these things you want to get rid of. And obviously, I mean, not every woman is going to fall into 100% of an archetype, right? In fact, most people have characteristics and traits of all of them, but usually there are traits that are more predominant, which causes a pattern in their love life. So today I'm going to do something a little different, all right? I'm, I want to go over and reveal my five archetypes and describe some of the characteristics of them. So this is going to be super fun. And I want you to go get you know a piece of paper and pencil or open up your Word doc, take notes. And as I'm describing it, I want you to check off or, or highlight what resonates with you. What is hitting home with you? Because it's then and only then as you become aware of yourself is when change happens. Okay, so let's go over the first one. The first one is what we just talked about, the chief. Okay, now just to be a little more specific of what the chief is, I mean, I described her, I mean, that my client was the chief for sure. But overall, if you're the chief, you have a tendency to exude some masculine energy. Um, you may be more comfortable in your kind of work energy. You have a difficult, you really have a difficult time relinquishing control. And you might be perceived a little rough around the edges, uh, initiate, you know, too much. Like you, you're always kind of producing as a way of like gaining that control. And you generally pay little attention to the softer side of you, the feminine you. You know, receiving is very difficult. So overall, men may get the feeling that you are running a board meeting or an interview and that you got it, you, that you can do it all. So there's very little room for a man to take care of you. Now, here's some typical characteristics. So, so listen carefully and see if these are you. So one is you may sniff too early for, you know, reassurance that your growing intimate feelings are mutual or the guy that you want to date is the right person for you and all of that, right? Because if you actually can control some of these characteristics, then that means you might get rid of them really fast too. So you might go on a date, size somebody up. If there's one thing wrong, boom, they're out of here. Um, also, there is a tendency to argue or debate men to prove that you're smart. 
You might be very competitive, right? And I mean, of all aspects of your life. I mean, here's the thing. It may not show up in a very aggressive way. It could be also in a passive aggressive way. Okay. Also your image, your dating clothes. A lot of times you might be more comfortable in those business suits, those blazers, the pants, the garments. In fact, you're more apt to to go out on a date right after work because it's way more efficient and you won't waste any time. Your body language and mannerisms are a little bit more harsh, quick, tense, fast-paced. And you like to know way ahead of time where and when the date will take place. In fact, you may even orchestrate where and when to meet the guy. (laughs) Okay, does that sound like you? Then you are probably more likely the chief. Now, I just outlined an example, so I'm not going to go over, um, spend a lot of time on what she looks like. Um, But I recently just worked with somebody who, you know, because it can manifest differently. And different people. I just had the pleasure of working with a woman in her 80s, and she was adorable, but now she was a widow. And, you know, the thing that was very difficult for her was to relinquish control. You know, you can only imagine she, I mean, she was definitely felt like a fish out of water, hadn't dated since, you know, she got married to her beloved. And it, gosh, I think she was like 19 when she got married. But fast forward, when I was working with her, I really realized how much her need to control was showing up in every aspect. You know, she was trying to have control of, you know, where to go on dates. I mean, even when I was with her, she was trying to control what I did or what I said or what to do. And she was even directing me. And I really had to kind of have a, a, a hard talk with her, again, my tough love approach, and I, I said, you know, I'm feeling a little bit like I'm being controlled. I can only imagine how men might feel in your presence. And she kind of looked at me and it's like I caught her, right? And then she came clean and said that, you know, some of the men that she had been dating since her husband's death had given her that feedback. So again, like this can show up in different ways. It's not always 100%, but think about that dynamic and if you are the chief. Okay, the second archetype is what I call the list lady. Now, you list ladies, there is like a Bugs Bunny list that scrolls out like 10 feet long in front of you. And on that list, you have all the qualities of what the man must be And if you can't check off every single qualification he has, then you will, you know, dismiss him, let him go, won't even give him a chance. You're constantly checking off the list. And in the end, you decide actually that no one can ever really fulfill your requirements or expectations. So therefore, you hypothesize, well, you know what? There are no good men out there because there's too much focus here an emphasis on completing the checklist during a date. And what happens is it becomes a Q&A interview rather than having fun and having it being a storytelling, playful time where you're just getting to know each other and being in the moment. Because really, that list is a way to protect you. And this is what I see happen over and over again. 
Because think about it. If a lot of the things that are on people's lists are usually things that maybe they lacked in previous relationships or something they want to get away from, right? And so the minute they see any red flags or things that don't fit you know, into that mold or the list, they're out of there because, you know, you're scared that things are going to happen again, just like it did in your previous relationships. So some typical characteristics of the list lady is that you conduct a date, like an interview, like I said, and you just, you know, you have a very hard time getting out of your head and being in the moment. Um, also, there's usually, you know, kind of a sense of urgency or desperation to find the one, perhaps due to the current desire, such as like wanting kids. I see this a lot in women in their 30s or even, you know, early 40s who still want kids or perhaps healing from a relationship. You are very target specific in social settings with whom you will talk to, whom you will flirt with, and you will only show interest and pay attention to guys who actually have potential for you or are attracted to. And if they don't fit the bill, then you dismiss them. And you say to your friends often, there's just no good men out there. All men are slime oh gosh, these aren't the kind of men I would date. Um, And in your dress, the way you show up, you will only dress sexy for men that you are interested in because like why even bother with the guys that you're not? And you also expect a man to come up to you and feel that you have no role in that, that the man should be the man and that you, you know, it's almost like a test to see if he'll fit you know, what's on your list and to show up like a man. So I, I often encounter list ladies. And like I said, sometimes it's in combination with some of the others. There was this one woman that I worked with, um, who also was a widow actually, now that I think about it. And she also had been a hard time. Um, you know, just really understanding the nuances of dating. She was in her late fifties, actually a younger woman. And she um, really had, it was almost like working with somebody who had been going back in time into her adolescence. And, you know, psychologically, if you think about it, it made sense because really the last time she dated, she was about that age. So she literally picked up where she left off. So when she was out in the world, she was just, you know, looking for the hot guy, you know, kind of like how we do in our adolescence. And she would only go out with hot, hot men. Um, and you know, she was, her expectations were way, way high and what, you know, kind of qualifications they would have, who she would even flirt with. I mean, I think I even talked about her in one of my other podcasts about she was that girl who was like really target specific and who she would turn it on and turn it off with. So I really had to work with her (laughs) on getting that list, you know, off the table and narrowing it down more to negotiables and non-negotiables, like what was really important here. And it took a lot of work. But in the end, and after making her going out with not her types and flirting with people that she was not attracted to, she really started understanding that it was such a journey for herself and a growing kind of lesson that 
it wasn't about the looks and that actually paying and focusing, paying attention to and focusing too much on the looks was also her way of protecting herself from, you know, the fear of getting hurt, the fear of rejection and dealing with her, um, you know, late husband's death. So hopefully that highlights what the list lady is. Okay. So now the third archetype is what I call the friend zone gal. Yes, ladies, girls and women, yeah, you guys fall into friend zones as well. It's funny because that term is often used mostly for guys. And I know this because I work with men too. But women fall in friend zones as well. And so what this looks like is that men tend to put you in the friend zone due to a lack of sexual attraction, or there's this kind of blandness about you. Um, and the conversations tend to be, you know, ones of that are more like factual and male dominated and your, your feelings of insecurity or low confidence may come out. So you rather would like stick to safe topics, you know, things that are based on facts. You know, a lot of these women might talk about business. They may talk about sports. They may talk about actual statistics of things. And, and so it's, a, it's almost like, you know, shooting the shit, so to speak, with another guy, right? And so you are much more comfortable talking in facts and you usually avoid things of personal nature and have a really hard time getting more into your emotive side, your more feminine side. So here are some typical characteristics. You feel kind of funny or embarrassed about flirting or turning up the sexual energy around men. You just feel like, oh, God, I, I hate those girls who get all giggly and it's just not me. And uh, I just can't do that. Um, men usually want to be your friend and, and talk about other women with you, right? Like, so you're, you're really good with men. You may even have like a ton of male friends, but they see you as more as like one of the guys, not as a sexual partner. I mean, you may even give them high fives, <laughs> right? And talk about sports or what's happening in the stock market because that's much more comfortable for you. And the way you dress, of course, you're all about comfort. You know, a typical outfit might be some loose jeans, sneakers, and a t-shirt. Not that there's anything wrong with a casual look, but as I always say, you can still look sexy and cute in a casual way. But for you, that's not important. In fact, you may even hide in your clothes. Because honestly, if you, if you really think about it, what is the point of dressing up, right, for a date or wearing something you normally don't put on? Like you feel like it's almost not truthful because you want a guy to just like you for you and not change who you are. So here's the thing. Even if you go out on a date, you rarely get to that second date because you often hear, oh, well, I just didn't, I just didn't feel the chemistry. You're a nice girl, but I just, I didn't feel the chemistry. I am currently working with a woman who it totally exemplifies this archetype. And, you know, when you look at her, she's a really pretty girl and she is very successful, nice as can be. I mean, you know, she has a ton of friends and, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with her life. You know, she really doesn't have any holes in her life, but she's constantly being put in the friend zone. And, you know, when I met her about a year ago, 
I mean, she had not been on one date in like two, three years. And when I asked her why this was, she's like, well, I, you know, guys just don't find me attractive. You know, I, I go online and I try or, you know, like I'll, I'll try to talk to guys, but for some reason they just end up being my friends. So after working with her for a while, I come to realize what the root of the problem was, is that the, her comfort in her sexuality is very, very like hard for her. Like it's very uncomfortable. And, you know, putting her in a dress was a huge, huge thing. (laughs) So that was the first thing I did with her. We had to go shopping. And when I started, you know, dressing her a little more sexy and you better believe I still got her some great casual clothes, great pants, um, start putting her in more color, teaching her how to flirt, working with her body language and really, really working on her mindset so that she sees herself as a sexy feminine woman. That is really where the work is. And so I'm happy to report she is doing amazing. I mean, if you see her now, you would never put her in the friend zone. Um, And she's finally going online and starting to get dates and she's wearing dresses. And in fact, really cute little feedback she got. I put her in these hot like leather type pants and she wore them one day. And a guy stopped her in the streets and said, woo, girl, I just want to tell you, you, those pants, uh, you look, you just look amazing. I just had to tell you that. And he walked away. And it wasn't hard, you know, he wasn't being creepy or anything like that. But she had never gotten that before. And it just felt so good and foreign to her. And, you know, now she's getting more and more compliments because, you know, she's, she's more comfortable in, in her femininity. Okay, so that's the friend zone gal. Let's move on to the fourth one. Now, the fourth one is what I call the dame. And for those of you who don't know what a dame is, the literal translation is the female knight. So you, if you're the dame, you have the armor on so thick that a man can't even make a dent in you, okay? <laughs> you tend to have little or no body signals that you are available, open for business. You know, your cab light is off. You won't even be talking to a man. You literally have a shield, a sword, the armor. You have it all on. Because when you enter a room, it's usually you have this like tunnel vision, about you and you have no awareness that men are even interested in you. You're very in your head. So here are some characteristics of the dame. You tend to look at and talk to just your girlfriends in public places. You don't really like use, you know, like a big uh, party or social event to meet men. You rarely or never make eye contact or smile at a man when you're out and about. And in your body language, there tends to be a little bit of stiffness. You know, there's something kind of guarded about your body language. You may even like step back from a man when he's talking to you. You may like actually have like a lot of distance between you and him, even if you're talking to a man. You might look down a lot. You might walk fast. And if you're given a choice of sitting at a bar or a small table in the corner of a restaurant, 
you definitely will pick the small table. Why? Oh, well, that's so much more comfortable than sitting at a bar and possibly talking to somebody. And you have the core belief that it's not polite to talk with someone unless they initiate the conversation. You don't want to be rude. Um, You don't want to bother people, especially if they're looking busy. You feel that most people are busy and don't want to be bothered. So I've seen a lot of dames out there with the armor. And, you know, for me, what's profound is really working with these women in the field more than anything else. It's sometimes hard to detect these things over the phone or even if you know somebody who's a dame. I'll never forget a woman, and this is like a snippet of a dame that I didn't even get to work with. I, I wish I had because it was so profound. I, I actually did this um, kind of group workshop, wing girl workshop, where there was a group of women. And so I was just kind of eyeballing everybody. And it, it was hard to get to everyone, but I could see different things in different women especially as the archetypes, right? They showed up very quickly for me. And so this woman, you know, she was dressed in black. She's very pretty. But like, even though she was so pretty, she was invisible. And I, it was, it's hard for me to even explain what that even looks like, but it was her energy. It was her body language. It was the way she was kind of hiding from the world. And when I went to talk to her, she would constantly kind of back up. Like she, I could tell the personal space was really hard for her and any slight touch, you know, I'm a very touchy feely person. And so I often will like touch a shoulder or hug a person. And I could tell made her very uncomfortable. Well, she disclosed to me and because I kind of told her what I was seeing and it just hit her like a ton of bricks because having somebody actually tell her how she was coming across really, really, you know, it hit her. She disclosed to me that she had been sexually abused and she did not realize how it was showing up in her body. And she did tell me that she's completely fearful of men even though she goes out on dates and she had relationships since then and she's very pretty and all that she never really I mean I think addressed this part of her life so it was showing up in her body big time so you know there's a lot of things that can happen to a person why the dame shows up it could be something really deep like that but it also could be something very benign and you know maybe you just grew up in an environment where like touch and being more in touch with, you know, your emotional side just wasn't cultivated, right? And so you're not comfortable. And so you carry with you this kind of armor. So that's the dame. Okay. Now my final archetype, I think, you know, I feel like if I had a drum roll, I would do a drum roll. And this is something probably a lot of women fall into. I know when I was dating, this was definitely me before until I started working on myself. I call her the nice gal narcissist magnet. And you know, by now, hopefully, if you're listening to this, I did a whole podcast on attracting narcissists and man children and all that. So I'm not going to go into all of that. But What the narcissist magnet is, is that, you know, people often tell you you're amazing, that you're nice, you're beautiful. You seem to have like everything going for you. 
And your greatest talent, to be honest, is being a, a caregiver and a great partner and an excellent listener. And you, uh, you really, you have no trouble attracting men. I mean, men love you. Um, but the tendency here is to put other needs before yours and consequently don't demand things for yourself or self-respect. In fact, you mostly, and especially as relationships go on, bend over backwards for the guy to accommodate his needs, his wishes, his desires. And you may even mother him, offer advice, make him feel really good. But you rarely share your feelings and thoughts. You rarely set boundaries for yourself. So in the end, they know nothing about you and you know everything about them. Now, narcissists prey on women like you because you make them feel amazing, right? And you fill their ego. So just a couple other characteristics I want to highlight that you tend to give away your personal value by doing too much, too soon, too fast. And often the relationships or the guys you get attracted to are like those tornado relationships I described in the other podcasts. You know, it's like they usually happen. It's a whirlwind. They make you feel amazing. You think these guys are charismatic. And you may, you know, offer them advice and support and, and they'll tell you how gorgeous you are and all that stuff. But in the end, they either leave, they, you know, kind of feel like the attention got diverted, they go somewhere else. Um, they may end up telling you, oh, you know, stopping my therapist or stop mothering me. And so it becomes this lopsided situations. And, you know, others see you as being really together and a type of person who can do it all as well. Like there's a really interesting dynamic with that. Um, one woman in particular who actually cracked the narcissist code, I'm happy to say, she she was that woman and, you know, again, gorgeous, successful, all that, but she really was focusing on the man's needs rather than hers. And she grew up in a culture, she was from the Asian culture, where it was just not, you know, she didn't, she didn't learn that it was okay to say her needs, her emotions. In fact, she didn't even know how to identify her feelings. So, you know, really working on that with her and showing up on dates from the minute she said hello, helping her share herself earlier rather than later and seeing which guys pay attention to her was key. That she ended up attracting this amazing guy. They're still together today. And in fact, rumor has it, she may be engaged this year. So all of these, you know, just to recap, all of these archetypes, again, I'm not saying that you are 100% of them. You might have found yourself like, you know, resonating with a lot of different ones. And you could be a combination of the two. But the important thing is, is that you're really starting to recognize some patterns for yourself because everyone has challenges and blind spots when it comes to dating. And you need to know what they are and you need to know how to work through them and you will find love. Now, I know I'm going a little longer today, but I, re I really want to pay attention to these archetypes. I think it's an important podcast in order to really help you. Um, so there is a letter that I got, and I, I want to do a little game with you. So I'm going to read this letter, and as I'm reading it, I want to see if you can guess what archetype she falls into. I don't know her, 
So I don't even know if I'm accurate in my guess, but I think you can detect a few things like I did. Hi, Kimberly. I just don't know what to do anymore, and I'm so confused what men want. I consider myself a catch. I'm super nice. I'm attractive. In fact, I love dressing up. I feel like I have a great wardrobe. I'm successful and overall a good person. But for some reason, the men just end up cheating on me. It's always great when I meet them and they shower me with attention, but in the end, I feel unattended to and never get my needs met. I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. Or maybe there are just no great men out there. I would love your input in why this keeps happening to me. Sincerely, worn out Wendy. Uh, Wendy, so frustrating. I know. And so many women fall into, you know, this kind of pattern and walk in the same shoes as you. I can see why it's really easy to feel that they're just no good men left out there when you keep encountering this dynamic. But the truth is, these kind of men, cheaters, man, children, narcissists, whatever, I mean, whatever these guys are, whatever other costume they are in, they are going to continue to walk on this earth for as long as we live, but we can't change them. I wish we could, but we can't. But what we can change is you. We can change the way that we're looking at things, our perception and the way we're going about things and trying to have an understanding of why we keep attracting them. So as you listened to this letter from Wendy, which archetype would you guess she is? Now, obviously, none of us know Wendy, and that is why it would be important to get to know her better, because I bet if she took my archetype quiz, which, by the way, I'm going to tell you about in a bit, little teaser there, we, she would fall heavier into the characteristics of the nice gal narcissist magnet. So, Wendy, back to you. Here are some simple things I want you to try. Number one, definitely take my archetype quiz, which will be in the description of the show to see if my assumption is correct. Number two, if so, if that is, then you need to start focusing on allowing someone to take care of you for a change and accept being able to receive. You are a caretaker. You are successful. You're used to getting things done. But be careful about putting others before you, which, by the way, builds resentment and attracts the narcissist. So instead, I want you focusing on letting men into your life, share more and show all that you are. Look for reciprocity in your interactions with men. You know, they are really good at being charming and telling stories and, and you're so good at laughing and making them feel good. But when you're meeting these guys, show up and start sharing about you. Who is paying attention to you? Who wants to know more? Don't just sit and listen to it all. Instead, try talking about your interests, express your feelings, and see if they listen or care. So if you feel like you have similar traits like Wendy, think about what you can do differently to attract a different kind of man. Because again, everyone has challenges and blind spots when it comes to dating. But if you know what they are, and how to work through them, you will find love. So now at this point, you're probably wondering, all right, Kim, that's great. I love all these archetypes, and I think I know what I am, but now what? You know, why, what do I do now? Well, that is why <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about my quiz. 
no, this quiz is, I'm, I'm super proud of it. And, and I've talked about it before in some other podcasts, but I've fine tuned it. And I now have a special link that I am going to provide all of you in the show description. So all you're going to do is you're going to click the link. And once you complete it, you're going to receive a report with a description of your archetype. And then I go over the secret weapons. Okay, so this is what you're going to want to know. The secret weapons, which are tips in how you can counteract some of these archetype challenges. So I hope this was fun and informative and really started to get you thinking about what you can change in your life. So thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient, and I am your host, of course, Kim Seltzer. Remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know that archetype and what you are, click on this link here in the show description, take the quiz. And if you really want to get a handle on your archetype, You'll also be able to book a personal session with me to go over the challenges and to see how I can help. It's right there once you take the quiz. And stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day. 